0: Mindset. I've noticed, yeah. Um, yeah. still have a consumer mindset unless they're in the IT or in the, yeah uh, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, interesting. I hadn't thought
1: about it in that manner. Um, uh, you know, one of the things I always tell people is I tend to stay in B2B because I don't understand consumer behavior. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my lady and I, mm-hmm. uh, will occasionally watch, uh, Shark Tank. And as soon as some consumer you know, the the guy with the fuzzy slippers that look like animals, as soon as that guy popped up, I said, I think that's stupid. He's probably sold a a billion dollars worth of that stuff. And he has, right. And so, so, uh, but it is that, that mindset and it's a different mindset that I have. So for me, the whole conversation, the entire conversation is how fast can I go from an introduction to discussing return on investment? Yeah. For my customer. That's yeah. it. Because, you know, I always tell people they're going to write us a check. They're going to give us real money. We be- better be able to, you know, experience with them and share with them how they're going to make real money off this yeah. or save real money off this yeah. um, or else it's not going to fly. And it's a really neat you know, kind of science experiment that, that you sell one of.
0: That 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 conversation too walks through getting them from the consumer mindset out into the investor. It, it,
1: it does in the complexities, right? And so it's yeah, kind of like yeah. you know people say, well I, well, I can do this out of my home. i like, well, so when you're out at the edge in in far west Texas, and you're trying to get to the cloud, you're you're sending data through a a, a paper straw, you know. And so right. you can't send a video. You yeah. can't send a live stream video. You're sending yeah. packets. A video or that are just snapshots jpegs yeah. from a video so yeah. you know it's uh, t- the thing too i think that is uh is really really an interesting dance that has to be done at the innovator sector and, and i tend to think of this as kind of so w- without going into too t- 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 much around this if you look at the the jeff moore's technology adoption curve and you look at the innovator sector what i did a long time ago when i started just focusing on that sector is i took the technology adoption curve that more and others have talked about, and I laid it on top of the innovator sector. So instead of looking at the innovator sector as the innovator sector, and then the chasm and early adopters, mm-hmm. I, I looked at the innovator sector and said, okay, what's the curve of adoption within that innovator sector? Because if I'm only gonna live in that, it's a market, right? Yeah. So if it's a yeah. market, what, what, so kind of macro to micro vision of this thing. And so uh, I always try to oversimplify things because I don't think I have as big a brain as others and I have to communicate. So if I can get it simple. Yeah. so. One of the things I always tell people is every early stage company has got 41 companies that wanna buy from them. Oh, we're having all these great conversations and we just did a demo yesterday and they wanna to talk to us about a pilot. And my first question are, is it a paid pilot? No, it's a free pilot. So let's not have that conversation. So let's talk about why everyone wants to talk about, talk with you and meet with you, right? You're the cool kid that just showed up in the parking lot of high school with a brand new car.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Everybody wants to come out and look at that cool car right? So now you're the new cool kid in the parking lot, right? That's what you are. You've recognized a problem, you have built a really cool solution, or at least a, a, an MVP around that solution. People want to talk about it. Are we talking to people that, that that know how to buy, that can buy, that can drive a transaction? Are they in a place where, so that's all I care about, right? And so now, when I look at that super innovator, whiteboard ideation to the first three customers, four through 17, 18 through 35, 35 through, mm-hmm. through 70, 70 through 150, kind of break out that adoption curve yeah. into that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for a super innovator. And, and I think the definition of a super innovator is someone that's, that recognizes it's a big problem, try to solve it themselves, realize yeah. it's a bigger problem than they thought, yeah. realize, holy hell, I'm not a software company, I can't do this. I wish I could find somebody that could do this. Now that person will go on the journey with me. Yeah. Then you have to ascertain very quickly, are they capable of driving a transaction? Because you know this from your experience, a lot of times, when you're early stage, you're dealing with people who recognize the problem and can deli- help you deliver a solution to their employer, but they've never bought anything for them. Right. they never driven a trend. So you yeah. actually then have to educate them on the sales process and then have them educate you on your buying process, map those two together. So yeah. now you have a project because generally these are maven personalities that understand a project. You've taken the mysticism, the black box of art of selling out of the conversation you've made it a, a project, right? It's got a goal, close the deal, deploy it happily. It's got milestones, dependencies. They understand that because that's the world they come from. Yeah, right. Goals, milestones, dependency defines a project. So once you've got that, now they can you can start tracking with them, kind of arm in arm, getting through through the, the transactional part, which they may have zero experience at.
0: Yeah. Again, and-
1: just another nuance that's kind of fun
0: to me. Yeah, it it is when you when you can actually work with people where they live and play and see how, how they think yeah. all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, even your own mindset shifts a bit and goes, okay, this isn't just a simple transaction. This is a, this is going to be a process. Yeah. But on the other side of that process, there's a return. There's a return yes. for the company there's a return for their yeah. company. Yeah. So how do we make that work? And you yeah. know,
1: also that those early stage customers. So, you know, from zero, from whiteboard to first three customers from four through 13, those customers are of such phenomenal value to the startup. Right to the early stage company, they and, will and give frankly, you all about, the
0: data and intel you need to make the thing work. Every
1: every new customer, I mean, when you when, when you know it's it's a hundred percent more validation and customer experience than you had yesterday. Yeah. The yeah. other thing too, and I always talk about you know when I talk about innovation and, and these adoption curves and all this, I always talk about early stage and and, and startups. But frankly, you know, a company like like Facebook also has innovation, right? So yeah. so these companies are also going through innovation. And interestingly enough, if you take a company like, and I'm not throwing stones, but so, so like, let's say Honeywell, right. And I'm not picking on them at all, but Honeywell comes out with some new innovative product or they made an acquisition and they've got something new and innovative to sell. They generally put that in the hands of the salespeople that are selling everything else they sell. Yeah. And that is the wrong approach yeah. because it also takes a different animal to understand what goes on at innovation. And I've always I've done one or two kind of sell a bit of my life contracts for money to help two larger companies, established companies who are going into new areas uh, and with, with their older technology. And then one of them was going into the same area with new technology. And they acknowledged our sales guys aren't going to get this. The, pe- the men and women who sell for us, our sales force today, they're not going to get it. We need a, a new way of doing this. We like your approach. We know it works in early stage that's innovation. Why doesn't it work here? And it's worked splendidly. And it's really about, again, macro to micro and yeah. just give me those first yeah. three customers, give me those four through 13 kind of conversation. So it's just that adoption curve again.
0: That's, that's, that's huge. When you can, when you can actually get the company to recognize if we throw this in the portfolio one, it'll never sell because my sales guys don't know what the hell that is. They, they don't they, again, it's the same idea, but bringing in somebody or, creating a new process for new salespeople to solely focus on that first you know one to three you know four to four to whatever you now have a diversity of salespeople yeah you know different products like you also
1: see the same thing happen when an early stage company so investors and and founders even if they've stepped out of the sales side get frustrated with the the speed at which channels We'll pick up and run and it's yeah. the same thing and what i tell tell people all the time is you know when you bring a channel in you just doubled your workload right you've got another whole set yeah. of customers yeah. you've got to take that you got to take that technology adoption curve you got to take my little overlay onto the innovator i got to go find out and here's why because there's a woman who works for that channel who's a salesperson she made her house note last week without you yeah she doesn't need you Yep. Yeah. right but she's really good at what she does you got to get to her, and you've got to convince her of the value prop and why it makes sense, right? Um, and so, uh, and so, you're looking for those innovators. Now, the nice thing about truly great salespeople is they're always looking for some innovation because they have sold everything else. Now, yeah,
0: it's a challenge. Oh boy!
1: Start just selling workstations to you know, the, the the huge oil and gas companies. Then I sold the first workstations ever to the independent oil and gas companies. Then I sold the first workstations down in Mexico, Colombia, Venezuela. Then I sold the first service contracts we ever did. And all of it was, it's all innovation. And it was because I didn't anything else to sell. I yeah. would have had to leave and go somewhere else because my customers were kind of bought out. So yeah. uh, with a channel, you want that man or woman who's looking for just something else to put into their market that's going to deliver value to their customer and they can extract value in return.
0: Absolutely. As you guys have heard and have been hearing this is what drives patrick you can hear it all in this speech so um we're gonna take another short 30 second break we'll talk about what's coming up next okay so give us give us 30 we'll be right back guys i do that so that i know where to stop though
1: yeah 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 no i get it i like this (laughs) i like the idea of segmentation it makes it easier for you to to come back to it i think
0: yeah I, i can rehash and dig into the next section so uh last section you know what are you working on what's coming up next what's cool what's fun what's awesome all that stuff nice wow we're not doing bad we're doing pretty good considering the break that we had to take yeah Yeah. all right cool back in three two hey guys we're back here java chat sitting here with patrick tilly and we've been talking about the innovator sector and ideation whiteboarding and all kinds of cool stuff that that Frankly, this is fun stuff I used to love to play with too um, and still kind of do here and there. Uh, Patrick's currently a managing member of B2B fund. What kind of stuff are you guys working on? What's, what's coming up in the, in the near future, man?
1: Yeah, so uh, we, we, the rules of our, 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 our fund are, are not extremely unique. The, the bent or the lean of our fund is a little bit unique. So the, the rules of our fund are it has to be B2B. It, it must be B two B. After that, it's usually technology. It's usually software. It's usually SaaS model. They come. The startups usually have some revenue, not a lot, but something. And, and I, what I want to see there on the revenue side is somebody other than your cousin has bought your value prop and, and believes in you. Because I and then, uh, and then in terms of mark, and then after that, that's really it. So kind of early stage, six million dollar valuation or less. Um, and then the, the the way that I think we're different. Uh, so when 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 one of my partners in the fund came to me three years ago and said let's do a fund I said no way in hell I've done that before <laughs> I was I was in the VC world uh, dur- d- pre and during the dot bomb I was the guy smoking Cubans drinking three hundred dollar uh, glass of wine in a ski in a ski out in Vale and we didn't seem to care a lot about those startups I don't want to do that right that that felt dirty to me and and the next time he came back two years ago he said let's do this thing and I said you know if we can do something smaller that we can actually participate in and help we've got a heck of a team we've got technology uh, 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 architecture and software build experience one of the guys owns a a, a 100 person software development company so he certainly has an opinion that makes a difference one of the guys has done a ton of funding and financing he certainly makes a difference he used to work for the fed actually he understands that side of it I understand (laughs)
0: yeah yeah, he does. He understands that if he worked for yeah. the family business.
1: Yeah. And then, I, and then I have something to say about early stage revenue and de-risking. So what we do different is we're involved, right? It's not a quarterly meet, board meeting. I have a channel, a true channel uh, uh, meeting with every one of our startups on a, on a weekly or some of them every two weeks where I'm sitting with and I'm, I'm beating up and I'm helping and I'm assisting uh, just yesterday one of our small startups sent me a note and said hey we lucked into this call with an exec at a really large manufacturing company can you sit in on a call and said of course i didn't have anything going on in the call so we're in we're helping we're trying to make things happen it's going really really well um there is no market that we are uh, specifically aligned to so we have something in senior care because of kind of my history I've, i've been able to introduce us to some folks in senior care we have something in, in the mortgage business we have something in the in the uh, tax credit business for startups we have something uh, that's raising money for uh, uh, I'm sorry that facilitates raising money for uh, nonprofits which is pretty exciting right.
0: yeah that's very we have
1: good. and we have something that's uh, in and around supply chain and we probably have a couple more that I'm not thinking of right now so we're, we're we, 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 there are probably markets we'd stay away from but if you're b2b and your and your technology, we we have an opinion that, that we think is 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 pretty strong. So that's we stay in that space. And I think the the final thing around us is, we're going to be out of all of these companies in our portfolio when they get get at or close in revenue. Um, the, the founders don't need to be out; they can stay in. Do what they want, but we'll find some way to exit out. And part of that is because our—that's the world we played in. That's the world we really understand. And we yeah. sort of also have a prejudice that what it takes to go from whiteboard to ten million is very different from ten million to hundred million. And, and, and in terms of culture, in terms of leadership, at times, and, and we don't want to be part of that because we don't really have an opinion that we think is of high value. There's other people that are better at that. So that's mm-hmm. what the fund does. And then on, my, on, 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 and for me personally, I, I, I anyone that shows up with an early stage company that, that's, that's led by a female, a person of color, they get all the time until I, I just basically tell them, you keep calling, you keep asking, I'll tell you to back off if it's too much. You keep calling, you keep asking until you no longer think I'm relevant. Never gonna have my feelings hurt. I got a lot going on, I'll have fun. So I, and that puts me into several different technology uh, opportunities that I get to see. Um, and then uh, And then I personally have a bent towards senior care. I've got a 90 year old today Today, the young lady turns 90, mother uh, down in Texas, and uh, because of that, because I know something about technology, I, I see a lot of holes in what technology could do and should do in the senior care space, and so I'm, I'm, I'm always willing to help and give an opinion. And, and frankly, so back to kind of what I'm doing, it, 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 it's really interesting how you did this, because it goes really back full circle with the first question. If there's a place where my experience around technology and building technology companies from ground bootstrap on up to real commercial traction, I'll give time to it. If it works out that, that I end up with founders or uh, uh, advisors equity or help them with revenue, all that stuff comes way later. We'll have five or 10 me- maybe more meetings before we start talking about any kind of commercial relationship, because there's things I can do to help them immediately, yeah. and who cares if I get a piece of every one of these? They're not going to change my life, and if they do, it's not going to change for quite a while. So, so it's really where I can help, which is what I started with, and where I can apply things that make that make the path you know easier for the for the up and coming generations. That's really it. Um, and I do beg off of things. You know, if someone called me and said, "Hey, we got this pharma play, and we want to go at it," I'm, I'm like, "You know what? That's on the job." Learning that's on-the-job yeah. training. There are better people than me to get you across FDA approval for a pharma. Problem. Yeah. So so I stay in my lane. Yeah. Right. Uh. And uh. And that's generally technology, generally software, and an always early stage. Do you, you mentioned the book earlier? Did you, yeah. Did you write a book? Yeah. Well. So, yeah. So, uh, I, I wrote a book a, a thousand years ago uh, about being a dad, a divorced dad, and raising kids. Um. And that thing kind of did really, really well. And it, it, it touched my heart because there was a lot. Interestingly enough, there were more females that bought it than males. It was called Divorced Dad's Rules for Raising Relatively Stable Kids. Um, <laughs> and, uh,
0: and the book did really, my, really well. Let me raise well. my hand. I need that book, brother.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, book, the book did really, really well um, uh, for a long time um, because it was just really simple. It was like, look, here's experiences I had that I think are rules. Right there's experiences I had that I have an opinion on, but here's 12 hard rules, and here's a story to back it up, and here's my suggestions on how you handle things, and, and and the book did well. And so from that experience, I learned that there's a couple of times in life that we 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 have something to offer, and the really truly still the best way to scale is is put it out in a book form, a PDF form, and get it out there to folks. And so um, i I've, I've had folks. On me for probably 25 years to write a book on selling to innovators. And I honestly, I honestly kept saying, Who, who needs another book like that? Who needs another book like that? Hey, and what's happened, Mike, yeah. is doing all this advising in the last two years, I realized that I'm 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 you know this, right? I'm saying the same 15 things over and over. I don't think there's anything that you and I talked about that's not in the book, selling to innovators, right? So yeah. it's 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 what I know. Why not go ahead and write it out and put it out? So it's uh, there's a there's a website selling to innovators. Um, You can find me, Patrick Talley, on on LinkedIn. Um, uh, You'll probably have a link or be able to share a link if people get in touch with you. And uh, and it's it's you know what I say about it is that if you're in the early stage or innovation you're going to learn something about sales. If you're managing people, right? If you, if you have a startup and you come from the technical side, damn well buy this book. Cause you need to understand what your people are doing and why they're selling deals with hair on them, right? Yeah. You're, Cause yeah. you're going to think they're doing something wrong, right? You're also going to learn that you better stay involved in the transactions because if that, who's ever leading your sale sales for your small startup leaves, you've got a, no pipeline visibility and you're in very vulnerable situation. So all that stuff's in the book, and it's really de-risk and accelerate conversation. Um, and what I intend to do with the book, because we can do this now, is even on Amazon, is, you know, when, when I learn something else or somebody else says, you know, you, you, I'd like for you to go a little deeper on this. I won't put another book out. I'll just drop another, another five pages of content change the version and, and keep the price low enough so people can keep cycling through. And, you know, hopefully they get to a place where they're only reading five, five new pages, you know, every, every year or twice a year. And for, you know, for, you know, less than a, a handful of cup of coffee or whatever, they're able to to help them drive revenue. So the ROI is there on that book. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's nice to get it out. It, 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 it felt a little at times like, Oh God, does anybody really care what I have to say about these things? But, we're we're making it easier so yeah
0: interestingly enough that's the that's the old imposter syndrome coming in yeah times, yeah yeah who, at who times who's yeah really, who's really interested and then we and then we hear from people going omg that was ball. Yeah. i wish yeah. you would have written the awesome yes we do we actually put all the links down in the comments okay. um, since this is on youtube and before we end, I want to say thanks again, Pat, for coming, and hanging out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sharing your wisdom, sharing your insights, dude. This was a fun conversation. I wish we had more time, because um, I'm sure we have both have stories that are that are fun, fun to, to sure. share. <clears throat> but as you guys are watching, if you're watching on YouTube, all the links will be down below for the book. Uh, make sure you follow him on LinkedIn or connect with him on LinkedIn. Get to his website, check it all out. Take notes of what he shared whether they were life or whether they were business, they both apply, you'll notice that they cross apply. In other words, they, you can use principles in both areas, from both areas, it, 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 they're not exclusive, which is really cool, like you, don't, you don't hear a lot of that. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the button, the bell that's next to it, goodness. yeah i switched to water and all of a sudden my tongue goes out there you go and make sure that you get notifications so that when we get gentlemen like this come and join us and sharing their expertise that you know when it's posted again uh if you're listening to us on any of the podcast platforms make sure that you download or subscribe there if you're listening to us on anchor.fm you're free you're welcome and free to show us some support we love all all that we can get um we always end the same we are very thankful for the fact that you make time and take time to come and watch or come and listen to us and, and hopefully you're getting a ton of value out of these if you are share it with somebody let them hear this stuff because this is stuff that other people you, you may not know who it's going to affect and who it's going to inspire and that's the whole point of java chat hanging out and inspiring each other so as they always do stay up stay safe stay healthy and live for myself coffee with mike and for pat Tilly for now. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. For more information on Java chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC, located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.
1: No advisor, so I do a lot of phone calls and and early stage help there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you and I have had a a different track than than other folks have. um, And so I can I can help with that. Um, and And then every once in a while, one of those will ask me to be a, a more permanent advisor. And then every once in a while, I find a, a, a solution, early stage solution that needs to get more faster revenue traction and uh, and decrease the risk to revenue traction. And I'll sell a bit of my life uh, uh, you know uh, uh, maybe three to five days a week a month uh, to help them uh, yeah. on kind of a retainer basis yeah. to drive revenue and, and it makes for a nice lifestyle um you know i can move things around the way i want i get my play in and we're adding some value and so that's i think that's really it and then I've, I've a personal uh because of my family history a personal passion is around the technology for senior care so yeah. i'm doing a uh, you know pretty pretty su- substantial amount of effort is spent on getting technology into care of seniors and making that easier and more safe
0: cool that's awesome yeah. thanks um so we're gonna guys we're gonna take a short break you guys know we we try to keep this uh, synced if you will uh we'll take a 30 second pause and we will be right back to talk about what inspires and motivates patrick and and i got a taste of it before the show so you're gonna love this next session so hang out we'll be back in about 30 seconds now we're back hanging out here with patrick tilly talking a little bit about uh life in general and uh, and somewhat in specific he's He's the, one of the managing partners of a B2B fund. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about, um, life choices and what we, what we decide really works for us and how you should decide what works for you. One of the, the things that we do in the second section is we always talk about what inspires, what motivates and Patrick's motivations are definitely not, um, what the quote unquote norm would consider, uh, but but it's awesome to hear because we were talking about a pre-show being in the innovator space. uh, We live in a different part of a, of, of the curve, if you will. Um, I'm going to let you describe how that works because that's, 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 I mean, I can, but I want to hear it from your perspective.
1: All right. Well, so uh, what motivates me, right? So if it's like, uh, you know, whenever I'm at a party and somebody says, so what do you do? Well, immediately I go to, I've got two great kids. I, I love to rock climb cliff walls to 1,000 feet or 3,000 feet. I love to go snowshoeing up to a glacier. They're like, no, 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 no. What do you do for work? So, so what motivates me? It is work.
0: What are you talking about? Exactly.
1: What, mo- exactly. what motivates me are, are, are my three rules of, of a well-lived life. Be kind to others, be kind to self in all ways, and make all new mistakes. So that is what I try to do my entire life. Now, what motivates me around the work world is I have, I I didn't know any of this consciously until kind of uh, maybe eight or nine, 10 years ago. And what I learned eight or nine or 10 years ago was instead of just being a guy that shows up and outworks everybody and works harder than everybody else, I, I became a guy who actually had some experience that was of value to other people. And so what motivates me now is to take that you know, on the shoulders of giants conversation, all the people that have helped me along the way with mentorship, uh, and 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 being a good customer, and being a bad customer, and being a bad business partner, all of that experience for thirty nine years, and try to distill it down to help other people, so that they don't. You know, the, I I used to always tell folks, you know you know, learning from your mistakes is one way, but man, how about if I learn from that guy's mistakes and that lady's mistakes, and then I have to go through the pain. So for me is a whole lot of, you know, what can I do to de-risk and, and accelerate conversations around revenue. And I really do stick, uh, almost a hundred percent of my conversations in business are around revenue. And I like to say that I'm really good at about five things in business and I don't do it the sixth thing. I don't do the seventh thing. I never touch them. I go find somebody who's great at those things and I stay in my lane because I'm the expert. I, I am a samurai and those five things. But outside of those, I really start to falter. And why the heck would we have somebody less than having a conversation about building software, right? I mean, okay. I'm not the guy. Yeah. It also allows me to be highly efficient, really fast. I get just you know, it, 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 it's almost always problem is presented, and I get to say, okay, I've seen that 3,000 times, and this is the right answer, or I've seen that a hundred times, and these are some of the things I've seen, right? There's, at this stage of our game, there are things that we can actually say, these are actual rules, right? These are, this, this is a rule, right? And, And that's, that's kind of, kind of nice. So for me, it's giving back, trying to de-risk revenue for, for for early stage companies and trying to accelerate revenue for early stage companies. And I even put, you know, this book I put together is exactly that. It's a, it's a very narrow from whiteboard ideation to kind of the first 150 customers or so, all pre-chasm uh, on the adoption curve uh, uh, for technology. Um, that's all that book has is, is all the little idiosyncrasies and nuances that exist with the customer base, with the product uh, maturity, with your ability to sell, with every deal having hair on it, it's not a clean deployable deal, it's got to have this or that, which is now breaking the back of the product development team, all of those dances we go through. And so why do I love the innovator sector? And the reason I love it is a very prejudicial statement. I think it's where all the smart people live. That's not true. There are smart people who are at GE, there are smart people at Apple who are, who are driving scalable, right, processes driven, uh, Process driven uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. For me, the intellectual stimulation is before all that stuff happens. And additionally, those worlds don't have a lot of individual acts of heroism carrying the day. That's true. And every early stage company is carried every single day by an individual act of heroism, hopefully by different people, wow. um, not all the same person. But for me, I love that. It feeds my ego. And, and i do have an ego that shows up at work right i want to i want to compete i want to win i want to develop i want to create and i want to assist and that's a lot of ego stuff in there and so uh and so that's really it for me it's it's the problems i think are, are great the solutions are partial yeah they're flaky they're duct tape and baling wire they're half promise half deliver and here's the magic the customer's on the journey with you When my iPhone does not work, I want to throw it through the wall. I want to rail at Apple, et cetera, because I'm a commodity buyer.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. When I'm doing something with an early stage startup and they've got a product that's in development, I'm helping them develop that. And I enjoy that that customer relationship.
0: It's interesting. You you remind me of a conversation I just had with a good buddy of mine about duct tape and WD-40. Yeah. And the flow chart between the two. Have you ever seen it? I'm, gonna have, I'm to, gonna have to look it up. I, yeah, I'm okay. on it. That's intriguing. It's it's. Is it supposed to move? Yes. Is it not? Oh, brilliant. Moving? No. Brilliant. WD40. Is it brilliant to move? No. Is it moving? Yes. Duct tape. <laughs> so
1: we very quick segue on this, and I'll make it really fast. We did a a, 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 a private raft trip down the Grand Canyon a long time ago. And, and, and when you show up and you've got a, a certain number of small uh, ore boats, uh, ore rafts, you, you start dividing up gear and making sure that everybody's not bringing a frying pan, right? So right. you lay everything out on the beach, consolidate the, the packing, and every male pulled out a brand new roll of duct tape. Oh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we, were ridi- we were ridiculed by one of my friends, a lady geologist, actually, uh, who was sa- just giving us grief about every man had his duct tape. I want to tell you something. Before we launched, the guy that played the guitar made a, 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 a carrying case to protect his guitar out of duct tape and, uh, and blankets. And before we landed two weeks later, the guy who, who built a self-built wooden dory to lead us down this, the Grand, the Grand Canyon, the Colorado River, the Grand Canyon, we patched hit the hole in his boat with duct tape and uh, some, some foam from, the, from the, the fridge box that we had. So, so again, if it, if it doesn't move, Duct tape, brilliant, love it.
0: Now if I can remember what we were talking about,
1: <laughs> so we, had, we we had talked about kind of the passion and what drives you in the innovator space, and and the customer
0: journey, the customer being kind of with oh. you on that as opposed to commodity. And, and we were we were on the we were on the WD forty duct tape thing. Yeah. Okay. let me try that again. <clears throat> it's interesting that in the innovator space, we actually kind of live according to that mantra, if you will, of does it move? Should it be moving? If not, how do we get that you know oiled up? It should it move? Is it, and it's moving and it shouldn't. We got to duct tape it. We deal with that kind of stuff all the time in the innovator space because, like you said, conversations around revenue. Why isn't it producing enough? Why isn't it getting enough traction? What, th- what are things that we can improve on to make make this move faster, make it move smoother? What processes need to be put in place? We live in that space with that kind of with that kind of ideal, and it and it's really fun. For people like us, simply because there's the challenge, you know, I mean, you, you taped up the guy's boat all the way down the, the, the river with duct tape. Yeah. We do that as we flow down river in any business. It's it's, it's no different. And it's it's fun because we look at it from the standpoint of, yeah, you know, there's still that little piece hanging off the side, but it works. It runs and it's working. And I was a part of it. Yeah and of course everybody else comes in and brings in all of the you know the smoothing out stuff whatever you want to call the, the the paste and the the pitch and all that stuff to make the make the boat pretty and all of a sudden it starts really rolling fast and it's like okay awesome yeah uh, you know take it out for a run boys let's see let's see what it can do yeah we, and we get to stand back and look at it and go that was hard but we did it Oh, I, I, so I was
1: part of a deal uh, when I, my, my second job uh, after college, I just stumbled right, in, well, I stumbled into a software uh, company, the first job, and that put me in a, a larger, uh, uh, so the, 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 the initial one was two, two guys and two gals, and, and then I was a kid, they hired, and, and, we, and we, did, we ended up with a nice little exit. The next one ended up being a company that looked like it was gonna do well, uh but it was a lot of you know kind of lipstick on a pig. It looked good from the outside, but the inside it was a lot of work. Um and we went when I showed up, it was a uh, a 3D uh seismic interpretation software for oil and gas exploration. Oh wow. used uh, Houston Kid, right? What are you gonna do for yeah, yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Healthcare, oil and gas, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And uh we I didn't know this at the time. I think the founders had an idea of this. Um uh I showed up as a sales guy and we ended up start, when I arrived there, you could hardly keep the software up and running without it completely crashing the system. It was really pushing the extreme. So, the, so 3D seismic data sets are just colossal in size. And, and back then, you know, we're talking a, a system with a gigabyte of memory, right? And so it was kind of- Yeah, that's not gonna, so, it was right, ahead of so, time is what it was. Uh, <laughs> they, had extra fan, they had extra fans on the hardware to keep it cool. We were pushing things so much with the, yep. with the graphics cards there. Yep. Enough about that. Here's what happened. We went from a company that could, I was selling software that we could barely keep running. And I was selling it to geophysicists who understood all the problems, but it still was better and faster than them doing it with, literally with pencil and paper with the way seismic interpretation was done for miles yep. and miles of seismic. So it was for the customer, the value was there even though it was a royal pain and it broke all the time. We went from that to literally, and this is, this is no hyperbole, we changed the industry it got to where you could not drill an oil and gas well without 3d seismic interpretation because nobody would fund it because it cut the risk so much now this is all pre-fracking and all that business but again uh we we went from something that was you know duct tape and baling wire literally to to something that that changed an industry and and that can happen right and you can be a part of that and and i you know at times i'll look back on that i was advising or going over a pitch deck with a group uh, last week. And I looked up one of the guys' LinkedIn profile and I was like, oh my gosh, you worked for Landmark down in Mexico. And he said, yes, I was a consultant to Pemex. And I said, I sold the first first three workstations down into Mexico for Landmark software as a Halliburton company now. And I said, I said, you know, that, 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 that country didn't have a single workstation and had a rule at corporate that they couldn't even buy. So we actually sold to the university on a program that was funded by Pemex and we took those two workstations in the front door at the university and took one out the back door and drove it across the country, <laughs> literally across the country and the to a Pemex offshore office uh, in, in an island called Ciudad del Carmen. Um, and uh, and, and, and I, I told that story with pride because it, Hemex uh business with Landmark Software is probably a, you know a 50 to 100 million dollar a year business now mm-hmm. and and I'm I was the guy that planted the first seed so it is kind of fun to look back like you said and say I was part of that right and not 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 everything I've touched has turned out that way i've had some real dogs also
0: i you know we every the old term of every dog has his day we've all had a few dogs yeah, all of us. Yeah. I've, I've had at least 10 we
1: uh, we had a deal mike that uh uh, it was really brilliant technology, and I can say that because I didn't have anything to do with the technology. That was a guy named Bruce that put it all together. Brilliant stuff. We were so far ahead of the market that that this was pre-dot bomb, and it was. Uh, we ended up seeing remnants of what Bruce put together in our software as a knowledge management package that ended up kind of being in, in Google and kind of definitely being in in, in in Facebook. And so, what we really kind of built pre dot bombs this is 99 2000 we built a, a facebook for inside the firewall of corporations to exchange information and find knowledge and such and it was amazing we couldn't sell it i couldn't sell it we could the, the market I, we could not get that message across years later i'd be in austin and someone would say oh man that stuff you and Bajoy and bruce that was amazing you guys were so far ahead of the market i was like yep you, you yeah. can't cash a single check by being so far ahead of the market. So yep. you got to you got to realize on the innovator side, sometimes you see things different. I'm, I, I have that challenge in the senior care space right now. There's an awful lot of data integration issues and data model issues that they, they haven't dealt with. So data sits siloed yeah. and unusable. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm really having a difficult time getting that message across. They're going to get it. They're going to do it. I don't Definitely. know if I'll be a part of helping them or not but it's going to happen so i keep pushing and trying to 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 rephrase it a different way and show them a different way
0: i think that comes down to when the when the problem becomes a critical mass then somebody finally breaks and says well shit what else is there
1: yeah and that's yeah. when
0: there's an opportunity to finally yeah. say well just in case you didn't hear me the first 1500 times yeah no it's well been, you know what's <laughs> interesting about that
1: is you can't do that you yeah. have to kind of swallow that and say Oh, interesting, Jane. That's, tell me more about that. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have, you have to play into that because I told you so doesn't
0: make anybody. Well, no, we, you know, yeah, the, the, never, yeah. Yeah. That never yeah. works. Yeah. The, 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 whole going back to just tell me about the problem. I might have an idea.
1: Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying what, to, you're saying, what you're is, saying is,
0: let me make sure I understand you correctly. And, and then uh, I think I, I might have something for you. When can we get yeah. together again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's it's one of the most frustrating things that we deal with in in the space of innovation and entrepreneurship. Is Jesus? I just told you that last week. But tell me more. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know what's you know what's interesting though that I I had hadn't dealt with before. Um, uh, I'm I'm working with some some folks that have a, 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 a Internet of Things, industrial Internet of Things, right? So IOT, and this is uh, oversimplification. It's kind of thermography cameras and motion sensor cameras and and leak detection systems out in the field, out in 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 just godforsaken places, looking wow. over, looking over sites, industrial sites that normally you'd have to send a human out to check on them once a week. Now you can literally uh, monitor them 24/7, and it only sends alerts when you have a problem. It's really this cool stuff going on. There's a, some guys that put something together about the size of a salt shaker, sits on a motor, just measures the vibration. As long as it's doing what it's supposed to do, nobody cares. Nobody notices. As soon as it starts doing this, an alert goes out, a text message goes out that motor 7053A at this location, camera spins over, looks at it. Is it smoking? Is it on fire? Is it cavitating? What's going on? So all kinds of brilliant stuff. Here's what I never thought about in helping those guys get traction. People say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just bought a camera for my garage, security camera for my garage at Best Buy, and it cost Uh, $112. Why is your camera $18,000? It's like, well, there is literally nothing similar to those two cameras. Right. And so, but people, you know, again, the people, people bring what they know. And on the innovator side, you're like, okay, so now I have to separate out a user experience they have that they're applying to a use case. That's very dissimilar. So we have to start back again to the use case. Right.
0: Yeah. It's, it's us constantly having to uh reframe yeah uh yeah it it, it causes it, for, well for one a lot of people that are that are in the business professional side still have a consumer who wants potato
1: who wants a pot of coffee i just make coffee you want a cup of coffee sure there you go who wants coffee anybody else want coffee who wants coffee and now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's
0: coffee with Mike, hang in, hang tight, grab your cup and let's get this thing started. Hey, welcome back to Java chat. Everybody and see our, uh, favorite podcaster, coffee with Mike hanging, out, <laughs> hanging out here with another amazing guest. Uh, I want you guys to meet Patrick Talley. Uh, he's a gentleman that lives in the innovation sector and we were just talking pre-show and as, as he was talking, I'm like, these are the people that I want on this podcast because they live driven by passion. And you're going to hear that in him. So Patrick, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate you coming on.
1: Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. You know, it's funny you say that about living by passion. I, I know that fuels me. Um, it, it always has kind of my business world. Um, in the early days, I, I didn't have a lot of direction from, from external sources. So I really kind of pinball bounced around until I, I saw some repeated patterns that seemed to work and some that didn't work. And I, I never really thought about the passion side of it or in the early years, but I did recognize that my competitive sport nature was after after sports, competitive sports were kind of done after college, it was another place, the business world was a place for me to be competitive. Uh, it doesn't bring out always the best in us, but if, if you, if you're a good winner, good loser, then you can certainly l- learn to be the same in, in business. So, so I think the passion is, is, is really critical. And the other thing I tell people oftentimes is, you know, when, it, when, when younger folks are coming on and I'm an advisor to their company and, and I give them some opinion or some, some learning from 39 years of doing this and they say, oh, that's, that's so intelligent or that's so brilliant. I'm like, hold on a second, guys, it's, it's, you know, The only reason I do this is because I cannot plug in to that 20 story building and sit in those all day long meetings. My brain will not allow it. So there is some some passion, but there's also what my truly ADHD brain will allow me to do and, and be productive member of society and business. So that, that's really the way I th- I, we have to recognize ourselves. We yeah. don't fit in. And, and thank goodness for those people that do fit in because we do need those people to fill those yeah. roles. Yeah. And God bless them when I had to work with them as co-workers because I would drive them crazy. They, we work at a different pace in our world.
0: It's, it's a very, yeah, we, we always have um, me coming from the background of angel investment and, and dealing in, in tech and apps and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whenever we got into the part where we were bringing in the entrepreneurs, uh, the people that were willing to invest themselves into the deal, they would always look at us like you guys are just like out there. What I, I don't get it. How are you not able to focus on one thing? And it's like that's just because it's how we are. Our brains are yeah. constantly looking for what's next. You know what's happening. What's what's new. What's what's going to benefit mankind uh, going yeah. forward.
1: Yeah, I think that you know, I, I I did one of these the other day, and 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 they asked for kind of you know, can you say three things bits of wisdom that you continually give out? And I think one of them that's really critical is you know, Oracle of Delphi, know thyself, right? I mean, yeah, it's really important to know what role you fit in and 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 enjoy and what feeds you, right? And it's yeah. a lot of personality typing. There's all sorts of things there, um, and 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 I've morphed over time. I I, I grew up blue collar. When I got out, I thought making money was really the most important thing. And I thought the way to make money is just outwork everyone. Yeah. Uh, my, my history was I wasn't the biggest kid on the football field. So I just outworked everyone and I became team captain and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But the point is outworking everyone was my MO because I knew I could do that. I didn't know if I could be as smart as everyone else. Um, and so for the first 10 or 12 years, 15 years of my life, I, I was the grinder and I was cashing the checks. And then I got to a point and frankly... What happened to me? I'm I'm old enough that I was I, I made some coin before the dot bomb, yeah. And and I gave and because I was tech guy. I gave back an awful lot of coin to the dot bomb, and I had what most people would would truly say is a you know existential crisis. And I and, and for me it was walking around the woods near my home asking the question. Okay, I just lost more money, twice as much money as my dad ever made in his life. Do I want to go do that again? Do I want to do I want to do it that way? Right. I was headed towards private jet kind of lifestyle and all that. Do I really want that? And for me, with two little kids, the decision was I want to create a world where I have all the free time that I want and can still build businesses and, and be intellectually stimulated. And yes, I'm going to give up some of that coin. I'll never be private jet guy. So let's see what life looks like. And that's kind of the path I took. And, you know, how odd am I? My kids are all done and grown. Two years ago, uh, I set out on a a two-year journey of of living in a a trailer at national parks, uh, in or or around national parks for the last two years out in nature and then working in the mornings and playing in the afternoons and such. So uh, not your typical animal, I guess. We we all, the message there is, we have to figure out what works for us. Yeah, I I want that life because that works for me. (laughs) I want that life because that works for me. That we can it, talk about that later. I I think everyone that thinks they'd enjoy it should go try it because it is amazing. It really I actually, is.
0: I actually have a buddy of mine's who's um, former Navy, and he's he's getting he's getting to that point where he's thinking about you know how am I going to retire, and, and he and his his wife have been talking about getting a catamaran and sailing. Yeah. Wow. Like literally doing the round the world deal. Wow. Uh, b- both of them naval naval vets. Yeah. So,
1: sure. Sure. Hopefully. No, no problem.
0: <laughs> No problem on the sailing part. Um, and, I, and I looked at him and I went, do it. Yes. I, yeah, we're talking about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You didn't hear me, bro. Yeah. Do it. Yes. This is where you belong. You know this is where you feel like you belong. Go do it. So I, I, have, a, I
1: have a something that, two statements around that. Uh, my One of my siblings has been uh, big corporate uh, HR uh, for 30 years. That's- and one day she said to me, she said, you know, I just could never tolerate the risk that you tolerate in your, in your life with all your startups. And I, without even missing a beat, I said, I just think we have a different notion of your security. Yeah. Right. And that's the way it is for me. But, but the thing that I told my children raising them and, and probably to me, and I've, I've told them this now as they're young adults and, and have their own kids that, you know, one of the greatest things about being a parent is you, you lay out all these wisdoms and then when it's time, you got to look in the mirror and say, okay, am, am I going to do that? Am I going to take that advice? <laughs> and so I used to tell my kids all the time, when you're faced with a decision, take the risk. And here's why. Other than than having a child or being convicted of a felony, almost everything you can undo in 12 to 24 months. And so what a great life to say yes to everything. Buy that travel trailer, buy that catamaran, go do it. If it's not for you, sell it. You might take a hit. You might not get to take a huge hit. Um, on the on the asset itself or the commodity, um, but at the adventure, right? And so for me, it's always been. I can always so the. Uh, I put myself through college, and I did this by painting and remi- and, and doing restoration to old homes and such. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a spray rig. When I graduated college, that spray rig stayed in the in the closet or in the gara- corner of my garage, and 15 years later. One of my buddies was in my garage. We were doing something around the house. And, and he said, What what are you doing with that rig? You haven't painted a house in, in 15 years. And I said, I keep that thing to remind myself, no matter how bad it gets, I can throw that in the back of a pickup truck and I can go make the family house note. So I can take all these risks because I know I can cover us. And and that kind of thing I think is is what we do to bolster ourselves to then go risk. So I I, I appreciate that you encourage them to go do it. I hope they do.
0: Yeah, he's he is a he is a business owner. He owns a he owns a small business. Um, they're doing okay they're not you know and, and it's not the the aim isn't to become some wildly wealthy person he he kind of thinks like we do which is really cool which is why I did encourage him one of the <clears throat> one of the cool things that I note and I want to go back to that whole thing where your sister mentioned I could never I could never take the risk that you take a lot of my friends are like that too um, many of them blue collar workers many of them um, some of them are business professionals A lot of my newer friends are the corporate startup kind of guys, and we all look at it like "Eh, risks. Yeah, it's a risk, but you can hedge the bet. And this is how, and you know, people. I'm pretty sure I could be a Walmart
1: greeter. I'm pretty sure that if everything fell apart, I could go to Walmart and and greet people coming in. So I could
0: I can make coffee. You know. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. Boy, for sure.
0: So it's it's like it's we have a I think we have a simpler look. On on how bad things can actually get. Yeah. And probably because we've all been there. I mean, if if you've been in startups, anybody that's been in startups, we've all been there. Yeah. Sitting on the floor, looking up at the ceiling, going, "How the hell did I get down here? What do I do to get back up?" And and so when when we look at risk, we don't have the same we don't have the same aversion to it that anybody else would have. Like you you mentioned, you saw. I think we have different views of what security means. Yeah. You know, the security yeah. of being able to get up in the morning and go take a walk in the woods at a national park yeah. and come back, get some work done, and then go back out and go walk again or go yeah. fishing or do something. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is it's a different mindset completely. Well, you
1: know, and not can, and not can,
0: that, can, that one is wrong, not not that. No, one exactly. Have to find
1: what, yeah, you have to find yeah. what
0: works for you. You have to define what works for you. And I, think, it, that, we're just I different. think that go ahead. I was just gonna say, we're just different in that way. We we don't I, we don't yeah. see things the way – the 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 quote-unquote normal world, whatever that. And is. for me,
1: there's, you know, there's, there's two statements. So the, the, the humorous statement is from my childhood down in, in in the Gulf Coast of Texas, they would say you know, they can kill you, but they can't eat you, right? So right. It, it, so it only illegal. gets so bad. Right? <laughs> it only gets so bad. But but for me, you know, the reality is, uh, in, in this, you know, some people may find this statement darker, but this is one of my kind of tenets of life. Is in a hundred years or less, I am dead. In 150 years most probably my name will never be spoken again so what the hell do we have right it's be as kind as you can be and 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 go to, and enjoy as much as you can right yeah. and it doesn't mean just like you know this right it doesn't mean that I don't clean toilets and, 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 and empty trash cans in my business life it doesn't mean I don't have days where I didn't sleep because I'm worried about making uh, 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 payroll right? On a startup that's not getting traction. It, it, all of that occurs, but it's just a different kind of stress, I guess. And so again, they can kill you, but they can't eat you.
0: Yeah. I, I, my cousin taught me that one. he used to be the um, used to be second in command of CHP. Hmm. And we worked together after he retired, he became the director of security at a, at a property that I worked at with him. I was one of his security officers, much younger days. And it was funny. He goes, just remember, he can kill you. They can't eat you there you go cool. so that, how bad does it get it's because that's illegal and I, yeah. I, I looked at him and i was like i never thought of it like that because that's why it's that's why it works
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly
0: so you you're originally from you're originally from texas yeah houston uh-huh houston. oh nice okay good I, I haven't had the chance to explore it been there a couple times like at the airport have friends that live there they send me all kinds of photos Houston, best food city it. in the
1: country best huge, food city in the country
0: huge city uh, second largest in the country as well so plenty of plenty of diversity and all kinds of wonderful things going on out there um, you grew up you moved where, where are you now so I'm in uh, just outside of Boulder
1: Colorado now and so I, I, I did I made my career and did my career in Houston and then after the, and I told my kids when they were growing up we, we, we vacationed in Utah and Colorado and, and, and all sorts of fun outdoor places. And I told them as they were coming up, if I'm still living in Houston, Texas, when you get out of college, don't believe a word I ever told you, I'm a fraud and and you shouldn't listen to me. And that was really to kind of kind of do this, right? It's like make, force my hand to, to make a move. And Houston is an amazing city to make money. I it it heard. lays down for business. The old axiom of, of New York, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I say in Houston, if you can't make it in Houston, you're, you're in trouble. You're done. It, you're done. <laughs> it, city lays down for you. So it was a great place to, to make a living and raise my family, uh, uh, and and a lot of great friends. And the food is is just wonderful. Um, I love the mountains. I love rock climbing canyons. And so for me, I, I was always getting away. I and mean, when it finally came time, you know, we got away, and here's and here we are. So we are uh, in just outside of Boulder, Colorado, right now, near Rocky Mountain National Park.
0: And, and in the midst of being at Rocky Mountain National Park, you run a fund. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. well, I do a lot. So it's, it's interesting because uh, <laughs> the friends that know me and work with me always laugh because you know, they'll see, see me on social media on top of a mountain and, 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 and everybody thinks, what a great life. And I, 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 I do think I have a good life, but we, I work a lot. Um, uh, my gal is, is, is an online health uh, a facilitator, health coach for a mental health, uh, which is a really active and important yeah. job right now during COVID. Yeah. They put some important work. And so since she is working, I'm not going to go play all the time without her. And quite frankly, you know, I, I turned 60 this year and and I can't play hard. I can't go 10 hours, 12 hours a day, every day. So, so we try to get out four days a week. Um, and that's enough. I think any more than that, I'd break something and then, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, so, uh, so I am, I, I will forget what all I'm doing right now, but I'm uh, managing director of a B2B fund uh, with a group of folks out of Houston that's that got started just before COVID hit, uh, has been uh, a bigger success faster than we expected. Some Wonderful. of that's due to COVID.
0: Huh? Wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, people ask us early on, you know, how did you adjust? And like, we didn't adjust. We, we literally got funded as COVID hit. And so for us, every decision has been, you know, has been in light of not even impacted by right kind of in light of so so the b2b fund is going well um and and the reason i think it's going well is i think we're the right guys i've done this before uh and i've done it with some right folks i've done it with some wrong folks these this team has all had their own startups their own exits we come from a guy that does architecture and software development we come from a guy that's that's uh, brilliant at finance and, and and fundraising and then i bring the sales and marketing side and so you know, we kind of have it covered in terms yeah. of being value to our startups. Yeah. So, so the fund's doing well. I, uh, a handful of years ago, st- started saying yes to every single uh, female led and person of color founded startup that, get, that, that finds me as a, as a pro bono.